Welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. It's here that we will deep dive into the many different aspects of the mind, body, and spirit, all with the intention that you walk away with steps and a resolve to live better. You ready? Let's get mindful. Hey, welcome back to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. I'm so grateful you guys are here. We're going to jump right into this week's topic, which is nourishment. This word has been on my mind for a minute. I've really decided that it's like the foundation of wellness, and I've decided to give an entire podcast dedicated to it because it's so good, you guys. The dictionary defines nourishment as the food or other substances necessary for growth, health, and good condition. I'm going to read that one more time because I, I want it to sink into your soul, okay? The dictionary defines nourishment as the food or other substances necessary for growth, health, and good condition. When I first read this, I was like, hot dang, that is perfect considering that my whole mission with this podcast is to help you guys and honestly myself and my family grow, be healthy, and be well and in good condition. So to nourish is to support one's systems with the proper resources necessary to keep them growing, to keep them healthy, to keep them progressing, to keep them well and in good condition. And really like to me, that is success is to be well nourished. And so today I want to help you guys. I want to help you guys learn how to nourish your mind, your body, your spirit. I'm going to tell you what's working for me. I'm going to invite you guys to think about what your body specifically needs for support. Because just like you wouldn't nourish every one of your kids the exact same, they all need something different to really be supported well. You need something different than me or your friend or your sister. And so I, I want to invite you to like tap into your intuition today to listen to this podcast with your body. Like what's your body trying to tell you? Don't think so much with your mind today. Let your body speak and, and tap into that deep inner knowing, the intuition, the spirit. And let it, let it tell you what you can do specifically to nourish yourself, mind, body, and spirit. I'm going to give you a lot of ideas. And if you hear something that you liked and you want to know more about it, rest assured the rest of this season of the podcast, we are going to be deep diving into these topics of like the little minute topics, but that we really want to get good at so that we can really be good nourishers of our mind, body, and spirit. This is how we sustain our good health. Instead of always needing to fix and heal, I want to help my community be well and stay well, sustain their wellness. Okay, so let's talk about why it matters that we nourish ourselves. Well, obviously, you guys just heard, if not, we stop progress. And to me, growth and progress is the point of this earthly experience. And when we stop that growth, essentially we die, right? If we're not healthy and in good condition, and we stop growing physically, we die. And I would say the same thing happens spiritually and mentally. We have spiritual death or mental and emotional death. And, and the process to that death is, is not enjoyable. <laughs> so we want to keep our bodies, our minds, and our spirits alive and well and vibrant and radiant. And so I'm going to give you an example from my own life of a time when I didn't support myself well. <laughs> I stopped nourishing myself. And I've watched this with a lot of my clients. And I've seen this in a lot of different ways play out with men and women. So maybe you'll notice it for you, maybe your husband, maybe your kids, maybe in a certain area of your life and not a different area of your life. So just listen in and, and see if this feels familiar at all. So I love to serve when I, I, I get excited to like talk to you guys. When I learned yoga, I just wanted to share it with everybody I met. I had done my yoga training and I was taking really good care of myself. That yoga training like taught me how to really physically nourish myself. And then there's the yamas and niyamas of yoga that really helped me nourish my mind and my body. And so I was taking really good care of myself. I had just had a baby and I decided to start a yoga studio because I felt so good. Like I had all this energy to pour into other areas. I wanted to start a yoga studio. And so I started a yoga studio and I started pouring in to all these people. I was pouring into a new baby. Literally, I was breastfeeding. So I was like nourishing actually another human. And then I also was pouring into these classes. I was pouring into the business, into my students, into my business partner. 
And I quickly began to feel burnt out. Both of me and my business partner, we felt very burnt out. We were tired, exhausted, and fatigued. And it was terrible. And so we ended up saying, you know what, this is too much. And we put it away and we closed our studio. Fast forward, I get really healthy again. I start learning about my body more and I'm taking care of myself. I'm not overdoing it. I'm nourishing my little babies. I'm taking care of me. And I have all of this information I'm learning that I just want to share. And I'm like, you know what? I was in it in the best place before when I did my yoga studio, but I just have so much I want to share. I want to open another yoga studio. So I, and I feel really good about it. I know that there's so much I can give. And so I open a yoga studio. And as I open the yoga studio, I add a lot to my plate. I stop nourishing myself. I, I notice that I'm actually pretty good. I always keep nourishing my kids, but I stopped nourishing myself. I stopped supporting myself especially mentally. I stopped thinking thoughts like that were bringing me peace and confidence. And I started choosing to think some thoughts that weren't serving me, but I stopped taking care of myself. I stopped nourishing my mind, body, spirit. And again, my body started to try to convey messages to me. I started to get very stressed. My adrenaline was up like crazy. And I moved into what we call survival mode. Again, like I said, if we're not nourishing ourselves, it eventually leads to death physical death, spiritual death, emotional death. And our body goes into survival mode to try to keep us surviving. If we don't do that nourishment, if we don't give ourselves that support that we need. And what I did is when my body went into that survival mode where I felt like tension in my chest, I felt anxious, I felt burnt out and exhausted from the constant state of adrenaline that I was running off of. Instead of listening to my body's cues, I didn't even know how to listen to my body at that time. Instead, I thought something was wrong with me. And instead of giving myself even more support in that moment, I did the opposite. I I said, you're a problem, body. Why do you act like this? Why do I have freaking anxiety? Why can't I be like everybody else and have a business and do these things that I desire to do? Why do I always end up in this situation where I'm burnt out, exhausted, and I feel like I have to quit? So then in that, again, like even less support for my body, right? Instead of saying like, okay, body, you're trying to tell me something. Thank you. I judged it. And I then, of course, felt more, less less supported. And so then it felt like it was more going to die. And I felt worse and worse and worse until eventually I sold my studio because my body, my mind couldn't really take it. And I stopped the growth. I stopped the progress of myself. I wasn't able to keep nourishing others. And I didn't listen to my body's cues. And now, no disrespect, I just didn't have the information back then. (laughs) I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't know this stuff yet. And so I'm hoping that if if some of you guys are, you know, feeling like that, burnt out, exhausted, fatigued, maybe you're a mom and you're trying to give to your kids and you're just not feeling good. You're feeling that constant state of anxiety in your chest. You're feeling tension. You're feeling stress. You have a hard time relaxing and being present. You have a hard time just finding joy. Maybe this podcast is for you. So I want to remind you, like you're not just a mind, you're not just a body, and you aren't just a spirit. You're all three of those things, and they all need acknowledgement and support. So today we're going to talk about how I support those areas of my body, my mind, and my spirit. And I want you to take what speaks to you. And I also want you to remember that I'm going to name a lot of things that we can do to nourish ourselves. I have a lot of ideas for you guys, but you're not going to be able to do all of them every single day. So don't expect yourself to. That would be the opposite of supporting yourself. (laughs) So instead, we're going to support ourselves by just choosing which one feels good to us in the moment, in that day, and using that as our guide and letting it be enough, but also thinking about it, right? How can I nourish myself? I know that For a lot of us, when we think of nourishment, we think of food, right? We think nourishing our body with good food. And that's definitely one way to nourish ourselves, but it's definitely not the only way. Nourishment is truly how you support yourself. It's We're going to go over different ways that we can nourish our mind, body, and spirit. And we're going to start with our mind. If you've been here a while, you know that I talk a lot about this aspect because I have found in our society that 
We spend a lot of time talking about how to nourish our bodies. People are obsessed with the physical because it's tangible. It makes sense, right? But our minds play a huge, huge portion of our body. Like it's a huge portion of our body. And if we don't know how to nourish our minds with good thoughts, with supportive, loving, kind, compassionate thinking, then we're going to feel really off. And I'm going to make a bold statement here. And I'm going to say that I think in America, when it comes to mental health, we are off. We are really, really off in how we help support people. Talk therapy is so helpful in some instances, but there is so much more than just talking about what's wrong. There's so much more we can do to support ourselves mentally, to give ourselves that strong foundation of life in our minds. And so here's some of the things that I think have really helped me to support my mind. The first one is something that I actually think most of us do pretty naturally. I just think sometimes it gets overused or isn't done with moderation, and that is using it. (laughs) I think learning, thinking, solving problems, creating, putting your mind to work is really good mind nourishment. Most of us are pretty good at this. Um, In fact, I think that if anything, we overthink sometimes and it becomes unproductive or we feed it too much information and it gets overloaded and worn down. Something that's been so helpful for me to make sure that I'm actually using my thinking brain to nourish me is to think and then write out what I'm thinking via journal or even like for this podcast, I take what I'm learning And then I process the information by taking it and solidifying it via writing or articulating it out loud. For me, that's really helpful because that's a creative process for me. But maybe for you, you like learn art. And then it's important that you take what you're learning and you create with it. So then you actually get the paintbrush out and you do it. You don't just watch the videos about it. When we overload our brain with information or overanalyze or overthink, we stop the growth. Even think about the saying analysis paralysis. Have you guys heard of this? It's when people analyze something so much that they literally stop like doing anything, like they can't move forward, which I think is interesting with our definition of nourishment, which is to be able to grow and move forward, right? So it literally stops our growth when we overthink. It creates analysis paralysis. So if you're an overthinker, I want you to practice some of these ideas. So I have I have this thing I teach my clients where if they're having a hard time making a decision or moving forward and they're overanalyzing, they're overthinking, they've went through every single scenario. I say, okay, I want you to give yourself 10 minutes. You tell your brain, we are going to analyze this for 10 minutes and then we're going to drop into our intuition and we're going to go with our gut. Good information good br- brings good inspiration. So once you have the information, you don't need more than 10 minutes to analyze. <laughs> analyze and then drop into your gut, drop into your intuition, drop into the spirit, and then make a decision, move forward and get your own back. That's what supporting yourself looks like. Nourishing your mind often looks like getting your own back, telling yourself you've got this, right? Feeding it thoughts that are vibrant and alive and abundant and open and expansive. Good. So I kind of think of that one as like mental exercise. That's like one way you can nourish yourself is exercising your mind. Another way we can exercise our mind is by tapping into and developing the habit of attention. I don't think that this is talked about enough, but mental focus is really, really important. When you aren't able to mentally focus, it creates chaos in your mind and your body, really, because it's jumping from one place to the other. Chaos signals your nervous system will communicate with that, right? It's going to be like chaos is signaling that something's wrong. Things are not in order. I love in in the scriptures, it says like build a house of order. And I think that that's important because your home is like the house you live in, your body, right? can be your home. And if there's no order in your mind because you haven't developed the habit of attention and you're jumping all over the place, it's going to create chaos, which is then in turn going to make your brain go, what? It's going to say, There's no support here happening. This is chaotic. We're going to die. Here's some survival mode. Fix this. It's essentially what your brain and your body is going to do. It's going to like fix this. And so I want to invite you or challenge you to think about focus. Like, do I finish tasks? 
Do I stay committed until the end? Do I complete things? Can I be present? Do I think to myself when I'm cleaning, I should be exercising? And then while I'm cleaning, am I not able to be present? And then I quit halfway through and I start doing the next task that I should be doing? Or am I able to be all in the task and take no thought of the morrow and take no thought of what's coming next? So I think developing the habit of attention is another way we can like mentally exercise our brain. Some ways that I do this is one that my biggest way is finishing a task. I think this is huge. Like the more and more that our society continues on in this trajectory, we're finding more and more people who are dealing with ADHD symptoms, which I think is because we haven't really learned how to develop the habit of attention. Our attention is stolen often. (laughs) I don't like even the word stolen. We give our attention to things like TikTok and blah, 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 blah. And then our attention goes and we're not able to focus. So So the main thing that I do is I try to balance my life by focusing completely on the task that is right in front of me. I love Elder Bednar. He's a leader of the church that I go to and he he talks about balance. He says balance isn't even real. Like it doesn't exist. He talks about spinning plates on your hands and that we want to be able to focus on the plate that we're spinning. And then when we notice one get a little wobbly, we go down and start to spin that one. And then we keep it spinning and then we go to the next one. But if we're trying to keep all of them spinning perfectly at the same time, everything crashes. It causes injury. It's chaotic. Think about that. So mental exercise is going to be using and creating with the information you take in, not overthinking or overanalyzing or overconsuming, and then developing the habit of attention. The next thing is like the mental food we are feeding ourselves, right? Which is going to be the thoughts that we take in. So your thoughts matter deeply, deeply, deeply on how you nourish your mind. If you nourish your mind with positive and calming thoughts, those will have an an effect on every aspect of your body. Gossip, judgment, these are lethal to your mind. Fighting, contention, contentious thoughts, lethal to your mind. I want you to think about this. I want you to be aware of what you allow in. You're going to be offered thoughts and ideas and beliefs all the time. We need to wake up and be conscious to what we're allowing to stay in our little house that we're trying to make orderly, right? Give care to what you allow in. This is especially important when you're nourishing young ones because young ones' bodies are really good at digesting the information that they bring into their brain. Just like their little digestion systems, they're not worn down and tired yet, so they work really good. It's the same thing with our their minds and their spirits. Like They're taking in and digesting everything that they're seeing. They're really digesting. It's becoming part of who they are. It's creating what beliefs and ideas they're going to have. So I want you to be careful with your kids. And this is not meant to stress you guys out. Like Don't, don't panic. Your kids are fine. But just... Be aware of what they're seeing and what ideas they're taking in because they are very digestible at that age. They're, they're sensitive to what they see. It becomes the, the lens that they look out. So what shows are they watching? What ideas and beliefs are they hearing? Is it things that you want them to hear and that you want to invigorate their minds with? My mind's pretty sensitive, you guys. I, I can't watch the news. It stresses me out. I'm just too, too soft for it. I'm going to be honest. I don't really do scary Movies, if I scroll too much, it totally affects me. My mind doesn't like garbage. It is a body that cannot handle the junk. <laughs> it's like the person who has like celiacs or like breaks out in hives. I just like, I, when they eat garbage, like I'm the same way with mental, mentally. If I eat too much garbage, I, it affects me majorly. And I know a lot of women that feel similar. We're very sensitive. And so when it comes to your mind, just be aware of what you're allowing in. Here are some of the thoughts that I feed my mind regularly. So there's lots of food we don't want to feed our mind, right? That's going to be like garbage shows and thoughts and beliefs we don't align with or we don't actually agree with. I would say anything that's contrary to what Jesus teaches, in my opinion. And But these are thoughts that I feed my mind, okay, regularly. These are some of my affirmations. And the first one is that it's safe to slow down. This is a thought that's very calming to my nervous system and my body in a society that thinks that everything needs to move fast and that we're always behind and that we're going to miss something and fear just permeates us in that way. I remind my brain often so much <laughs> that it's safe to slow down. Number two is that everything is working in my favor. 
You guys, if you want to write your own affirmations too, that you want to feed your mind, I just want you to do that. And when you do it, pick ones that like feel soothing to you. This one feels really soothing to me. Everything's working in my favor. So when something goes bad and my brain thinks, oh no, we're going to die, I can remind it, oh no, like everything's actually working perfectly for me right now. It's working in my favor. It might not look like it yet, but I'm going to see later the dots connect. I'm going to see how that worked in my favor. Number three is that with God, nothing is impossible. Restriction and scarcity and that like closed off feeling, the feeling of things being impossible or not not being possible is is restricting to me. It feels scarcity to me. I don't like it. And it, it doesn't feel open and expansive and it doesn't soothe me. So I like this thought because of the fruit that it bears for me, right? That with God, nothing is impossible. It makes me do things that I don't think a lot of other people would do. It makes me think things that other people wouldn't think. And it makes things that I thought were impossible, possible. Okay, number four is that it is okay to be wrong. You guys, part of being on earth is being wrong. It's going to be making mistakes, sinning, doing things that don't align with your highest vibrating self. And so for me, reminding myself, like nothing's gone wrong when you are wrong. That also helps me tap into a greater level of humility. When I tell myself that it's not wrong to be wrong, then it's okay if I'm wrong, which means I can admit that I'm wrong and I can change so that I can become right. When I think that it's wrong to be wrong, I won't look at how I'm wrong. (laughs) That's a tongue twister, but you guys get where I'm going with that. Okay, number five is people are allowed to feel however they desire, and it's not my job to change them. I used to spend a lot of energy trying when anybody didn't like something I was doing or or even if I didn't like something somebody else was doing or thinking or feeling, I used to try to change them. And I still do it sometimes, but I try not to anymore. I try to just allow people to be... This feels like hands opening up, like heart open, like you do you. It's okay for you to feel however you want to feel. You're allowed to be exactly where you want to be. I accept it. Even if you, even if I wouldn't choose it, I accept it for you. Like I accept it. I love it. I don't, it's not my job to change people. Number six is that love flows easily through me. I like to imagine that there's like a conduit of the energy of love. This sounds very hippie, I know, but take it or leave it. But like, I imagine there's like a conduit like coming from the sky into my body and then it flows right out my heart to everyone I'm around. And so for me, love flows really easily through me. I like that thought. Number seven is I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do. (laughs) I love this because I believe in agency. I believe in the gift of agency. When I tell myself, uh, I have to do that or uh, I should do that. It negates agency and it makes me feel misaligned because I believe in agency and I honor agency and I respect agency. So when I think thoughts like that, I have to do this or uh, I should be doing this. I should be better at this. It's out of alignment with my with my core beliefs and, and it's out of alignment, in my opinion, with God's core beliefs. And so I respect agency enough that I remind myself often that I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. What's funny is when I do that, it takes the pressure off and then I want to do good things. It's interesting that way, right? Number eight is that this one just really soothing to me. God guides my life. I don't have to have it all figured out. I'm not doing this on my own. I don't have to do and think and figure it all out all the time. Like sometimes I can just open up my hands and remember like God's guiding my life. He's got me. Nothing's gone wrong. I don't need to be the author. I can let God take over and I can trust that he will. Okay. Number nine is I surrender to whatever life has to give me. I ride the waves and go with the flow. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite affirmations is I ride the waves. Like I think this when I'm in birth and there's pain and I'm like, I just ride these waves. Like the more you resist the pain, the harder the pain is. So ride the waves. All right. Number, which one are we on? Number 10. Nature is my happy place. I just remind my brain this all the time. I feed this to it. Nature makes me feel so good. I heard, I think it was Gordon B. Hinckley's daughter had said that she believed that the reason why nature feels so good to us is because it's in perfect harmony with God's laws. And I, I loved that. And when I go in nature, I feel like, think, think about nature. I feel so good out there, but also like everything is in submission to whatever the creator of this universe has decided. And it doesn't like try to resist the leaves falling 
it allows seasons and cycles and it doesn't resist. And so for me, nature's my happy place. And it reminds me of that pattern that the more I resist, the more I suffer. Number 11, people are doing their best. I love this thought. Whenever anybody does something that's just whack, right? When they do things that are crazy, I just remind my brain, like people are doing their best. Everyone's doing what they can and maybe their best isn't great, but I get it because sometimes my best isn't great either. So people are doing their best and, and that's a really soothing thought for me to remember. Number 12, I am the exact mother that my children need. <laughs> this one, I just, I have to remind myself because I think it's really normal to think like, oh my gosh, I'm screwing my kids up. <laughs> thought, thought goes to my brain a lot. And so I have to remind my brain, like I'm the exact mother my children need. Yes, I'm going to do things very different than the mother next to me. And neither of us are wrong because she's the exact mother her children need. And we're going to do things different and it's going to work out exactly the way it's meant to. Either my kids are going to learn a lot and have that no matter what, they're going to learn a lot. They're going to learn what they didn't like that I did. They're going to learn what didn't work that I did. And hopefully they'll be able to take it and, and move it to their children. So number 13, I love this thought. Oh my gosh, even just reading it, I'm going to like slow down just reading it. I have plenty of time and energy for anything that I desire to do. My brain loves to go fear of missing out or fear of not having time or fear of not being able to do something. And so I have plenty of time, plenty of energy, plenty of money, like abundance, right? Abundance just feels good to our nature because it is in congruence with God's nature. He is very abundant. He doesn't stress about time, energy, and money. So it feels good for us to do the same. Number 14 is I can see others' perspectives easily. I like this one. I like to be able to look at other people's perspectives so that I can more fully make a decision about what mine will be. And then number 15, probably my favorite, but miracles are the normal in my life. I see them everywhere and they happen all the time. I expect them. I know that they're there and I have faith in them. And that thought is exciting to me. That thought makes my like soul get excited. I'm like, ooh, what's going to happen next? <laughs> So those are some of the thoughts that I feed myself. What, what thoughts do you guys want to start feeding yourself? Maybe make a list. I think that would be really useful. Okay, so then the next thing is mental stillness. I think this is so important. I think this is equally important to all the other ones. <laughs> and I think it's the thing that we probably ignore the most, but I find it very nourishing to connect stillness in nature. If I can just go outside and be still, turn my brain off for a minute, right? Like stop thinking. It is so life-giving to my mind. I love that word, life-giving. One of my favorite books is called The Life-Giving Home and it's by Sally Clarkson. If you haven't read it, you totally should. But that's what nourishing is. Like to nourish your home, to nourish your spirit is to give life to it, right? It's to keep it growing, keep it well. So Something so life-giving to me is just to be outside in nature. And I know I'm going to talk about this a lot because nature, being outside, it has changed the way I function. I don't believe we were meant to live inside this house. I, I've seen this meme, like in a box, looking at a box all the time. We're meant to be outside, like seeing big landscapes and opening our horizon and our perspectives through nature. So I want you to think if you were like running a marathon 24 seven, five, seven days a week, you would die literally. And a lot of us expect our brains to do that. They think I never need to stop thinking. I never need to just be present, but your brain is going to exhaust. It's going to burn out. It's going to be so tired and eventually give out and you'll have mental breakdowns, which some of us have experienced. Right. And so Give your mind time to not think, like literally schedule it in your schedule if you have to. This is the time of day where I don't have to do anything. I don't have to, I'm not thinking. I'm going to lay on a blanket and I'm going to meditate or I'm going to lay outside. I'm going to go on a hike and I'm just going to be present. You're, you can't be present and analyzing and thinking at the same time. So just practicing present, being all in on where you are is like a beautiful gift and rest to your mind. And it is so so helpful. So taking time to not think, being present, connecting in nature, connecting with God, feeding your mind the word of God and God's thoughts will be soothing to your mind. So these are some of my ideas for connecting and nourishing, giving life to your mind. 
If you have any, I would love for you guys to share them. Like come DM me and tell me like ideas that you have. Okay, we're going to move into body. And you guys, I know there's so much we can talk about when it comes to nourishing the body. This one's hard for me because there's just so many opinions and everyone spends so much time focusing on the body because it's outward. It's the easiest to judge and measure. It's tangible. It's physical. It's easiest to see. So of course, our human brains want to focus on this one. I want to remind you, there's a quote. I love it so much. It says that the Lord works from the inside out. The world would take the people out of the slums, but the Lord takes the slums out of people and then they'd remove themselves out of the slums. I love that quote. I can't remember who says it, but I'll link it. I kind of think the body is the last thing of importance (laughs) when it comes to nourishing ourselves, but it does matter. So we're going to talk about it. I think first we want to talk like the most important is our, our spirit and then second mind and then body. Okay. So here's some things that I do to nourish my body, take it or leave it. Some of these you'll probably relate with. Some of them you'll be like, "Mm, not for me. Number one is sunlight. I am a regular listener of the Huberman podcast. I love Huberman Lab. I love Dr. Huberman. And he's a neuroscientist at Stanford who teaches all about neuroscience and how we can see what's going on in our brain and then become more healthy and be better at nourishing ourselves essentially so that our brains function at the best capacity. One thing that he says all the time, I think this is like most important thing he probably says is view morning sunlight. It's one of his most common refrains, right? Viewing sunlight within the first hours of waking as soon as you can, even if there's a cloud cover, increases early day cortisol release, which is the ideal time for elevated cortisol. It prepares your body for sleep later that night. A morning spike in cortisol also um, will positively influence your immune system, your metabolism, your ability to focus during the day. So, you know, we've been talking about focus. Like if you want to be able to focus better, get in the sun. Morning sunlight helps regulate your circadian clock. What else do I know about this? Oh, the circadian clock is the body's mechanism for anticipating when to wake up and when to go to sleep. So if you have a hard time sleeping, which sleep is like so important to nourishing your body, we're going to get to that. Go in morning sun. Something that I try to do is just like, I try to open my blinds in the morning and look outside first. I kind of sucked at that this morning because I actually got on my phone first thing in the morning. And like, that's one of the worst things we can do is like blue light first thing in the morning. But I try to open my blinds or my husband leaves in the morning. And I have him open the blinds so that when I wake up, like I'm seeing the sun. I like to go outside on my deck or I like to go on a walk, eat breakfast, journal outside on overcast days. There's still enough sunlight to trigger positive effects. So if you live somewhere where it's not as sunny, still go outside, go be in the morning sun. If you do live somewhere like that, you'll want to increase your time outside at least like 20 minutes compared to other people, but it's fine. Just do it anyways. Get outside as soon as the sun is out. As much natural light as possible is good for your body. And you guys, there's a metaphor in that, but I'm not going to go into it right now. They said that contacts and eyeglasses are fine to wear when viewing morning sunlight, but you just don't want to use sunglasses or blue blockers during morning sunlight viewing. So these are just some ideas. Face the sun, open up to the sun, let that light hit you, that warmth. It's so good for your body. There's so many good effects on it. I swear if I start my day like that, I have an amazing day. If I don't, if I start on my phone, I feel about a bajillion times crappier. So another huge aspect of supporting and nourishing our body is through sleep. This is so important and so, so, so overlooked. I want you to think like, you guys, you know, I'm like so into this holistic natural thing, but like when you look at like the way the earth was designed, it was like, it gets dark at night. You can't do anything. And before we had artificial light, you would go to bed because it was dark and you would wake up with the sun. And the first thing you would see was the sun. So it makes sense that our bodies would be designed in a way that like viewing sun first thing in the morning would help us in all these areas, but also going to sleep obviously would help us. Now we stay up all night. Our circadian rhythms are so messed up. The best stress relief, you guys, I'm not kidding, is sleep. The best trauma release, sleep. The best immune booster, sleep. The best hormone helper, sleep. The most emotional stabilizer, sleep. I have not recognized in my own life how important this is, but recently it was brought to my attention that when I get don't sleep 
my threshold for all of those things, emotional, stress, immune, hormonal, it they whack, totally whack. So some things that can help you when it comes to sleep is viewing sunlight by going outside within 30 to 60 minutes of waking, which we just talked about. Doing that again in late afternoon prior to the sunset. Waking up at the same time-ish each day and going to sleep when you first start to feel sleepy, so not waiting too much. Avoiding caffeine. They say, this is from Huberman Podcast again, but between 8 and 10 hours of bedtime. (laughs) So pretty much not drinking caffeine during the day. Maybe if you're going to drink caffeine, it needs to be first thing in the morning. I would suggest probably no caffeine at all. Avoid viewing bright lights, especially bright overhead lights between 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. If you have a hard time going back to sleep, like let's say you wake up in the night and you have a hard time going back to sleep, one of the things that I thought of was yoga nidra, which is yoga sleep. So you can do yoga nidra, like you could turn it on on your phone and it will just, it's a meditation type of thing that helps people sleep. I love going to yoga nidra classes. They're so relaxing. Like literally they just put you to sleep, but it's like the deepest sleep you'll ever get in your life. It's amazing. So if you don't know about yoga nidra, go look into that. I read this when I was preparing for this podcast. I thought it was interesting. It was to expect to feel really alert one hour before your natural bedtime. This is a naturally occurring spike in wakefulness that sleep researchers have observed. There's nothing wrong with it. You might like wake up a lot right before bedtime, but then you'll be able to sleep better if you'll go to bed right at your normal time. Sleep in a room that's cool and dark and layer blankets that you can remove. Your body temperature does drop one to three degrees. You guys, sleep is the foundation of mental and physical health. I I believe it. I haven't always practiced it, but it is so important. And I want you to think about that when it comes to your kids and your babies If they have a hard time sleeping at night, thinking about some of these things is the first thing they get in the morning, a phone, and they're looking at blue light and not the sun. That could be really messing with their circadian rhythm, especially also you guys with kids. This is not science-based. This is Megan experimenting and finding her own like thoughts about this. But I had found that when my kids had a harder time going to sleep, it was because they stayed up a little bit too long. Like there's a really special window, especially with babies where they're not fussy yet, but they're just like starting to show signs of of sleep readiness. And if you can get them to sleep a little bit earlier than you think, they usually will go to bed easier. And I think that's the same with us too. Think about this with your kids. If it's such an important thing for you as an adult, and it is, there's so much science. You guys are so much science to show about how important sleep is. If it's so important for you, it's also so important for your kids. And I know that kids can be hard because we can't force them to sleep. But if we can get the blue light off in the morning and keep the lights down and not be feeding them things like soda and stuff like that, like it's going to really help their ability to sleep. Okay. Another one that I have been excited about is minerals. Your minerals are so, so important to your body. They're like the Mecca. They they do so much for your hormones and all your other different systems. And so something important to me has been taking a mineral supplement. Now, I know that this is like really debated with like supplements, and I kind of agree. We should be getting all of our minerals from our plants and the animals that we're eating. But a lot of the animals that we're eating are laced with like toxic, I'm just going to say it, there's like toxic energy. You think about the way that they're fed and the way that they live and what's in their their bodies. They're, you know, shot up with lots of different vaccinations and things like that. And so they lose a lot of that that mineral substance. And then our food, our soil also has been so depleted through chemicals and endocrine disruptors. I take a mineral supplement and I have been only doing this for a while, but when I was pregnant, I took one because I'm nourishing this baby and what would happen is I would get leg cramps all the time and like restless leg syndrome. And if I took my minerals, I didn't get them. And so I knew that the brand I was taking was working and I knew that they were good. I take longevity ones. I can link that below as well. So minerals, I think they're more important than we even know. We need those vital nutrients and minerals to be able to support and function at our best rate. There's lots of different debates on this and you can decide for yourself, but some of the most mineral rich foods are fruit, vegetables, and then organ meat. So 
you can play around with that if you want to. The next one is strength training. This has been so good for my mental health and my spiritual health and my physical health. I love strength training. I feel so much more capable. I get hurt less. It just feels good to me. I don't know the science. I like strength training. I'm just going to throw it out there. The next one is I love yoga, the flexibility, the mobility, the balance that it gives me. Yoga is a mind, body, spirit experience because it talks about all of them and, it, and we dive into all of those when we practice yoga. But there is something about flexibility and mobility and balance that is hard to get in other places. I love yoga. I, it's something that I do to nourish my body. The next one is lots and lots of walking. <laughs> there is so much that we could talk about with walking and we will. We'll do, a, we'll do a whole episode on how important walking is, but getting outside in nature, moving my body, walking, 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 it keeps me mobile and I want to be very mobile. So walking more. The next one is we're going to just, we're going to move into, we're going to move into food. Okay. Yeah. The next one we're going to talk about is food. So one thing I want to talk about is keeping garbage out of my body. That's one way that I nourish myself. So like really big one for me right now is saying goodbye to seed oils. I'm going to tell you more about it. These are called PUFAs, polyunsaturated fats, and they're very, very vulnerable to damage from heat, light, and oxygen. If they're damaged by heat, light, or oxygen, they get oxidized and then they create free radicals, which is a carcinogenics. They also cause so much inflammation. I have read studies on studies on studies lately about what happens to oxidize like soybean oil or canola oil. It causes inflammation, which causes type 2 diabetes, blood pressure. It contributes to hyperextension or hypertension. Sorry. It is not good for you. We never used to eat these types of oils, but as a society shifted over to them because they're a lot cheaper to make. And so we stopped eating butter and we went to margarine. You guys, industrial oils, they are just not good. Corn oil, canola oil, vegetable oil, soybean oil. And here's the problem with that is that literally like so much is made from them. I was thinking, because I don't, I've never really cooked with those types of oils, but when I was learning this recently, I was like, I don't really eat those, but then I started looking in my pantry and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's in my refried beans. Oh my gosh. Like they're, they're in so much food. So we just do our best and remember like to support ourselves sometimes looks like eating a cookie and sometimes it looks like staying away from poofas. So you just do your best and you figure out what that looks like for you. But for me saying goodbye to these has been, is I feel passionate about it. Another thing that has helped my body is eating natural whole foods. There was a time when I was pregnant, I was trying to nourish a child, a baby, and I had two other babies at home that I was trying to nourish. And so I was pregnant with my little Indy and my midwife, I just was not feeling good. And I, I walked in and I had dark circles under my eyes and I just felt like crap. I didn't know what to eat. I didn't want to gain a ton of weight, which is a whole other story and kind of dumb, but I didn't want to gain a ton of weight. And so I was like trying, I don't know what to eat. And I, I didn't feed myself very good. I wasn't eating enough. And then I read a book and it inspired me to go plant-based for a while. And so I ate plant-based whole foods, which means I cut out all these poofas, which I think was a huge thing that helped me there. But I, I went plant-based whole foods. So I ate no meat, but I ate a ton of ton. I ate so much food, you guys, of fruits, vegetables, I didn't, I ate light grains, but honestly, I just ate so much fruit and vegetables and, and I ate sauces and nuts and seeds and whatever. I ate very natural besides the meat part. And it was crazy because we had three weeks in between the appointment that I had with my midwife and she saw me, she was really worried about me. She wanted me to go get testing done. She's like, you don't look right. Your skin doesn't look right. And then the next time I walked in, she literally like jaw on the floor was like, what are you doing? You look completely different. She's like, you are vibrating differently. And I told her, I'm like, I'm just eating really, really whole foods. I'm just eating plants and whole foods. I'm not eating processed crap. Honestly, I wasn't eating anything processed and I, and I was eating a ton. Like that's the thing I love about eating whole foods is that you can eat so much when you're eating 
natural foods. Like we weren't meant to always be restricting and I can't have this. I can't have this. I can't have this. My body can't take this. We're meant to be nourishing ourselves and like feeding ourselves these vital nutrients and minerals. So if I could like offer you an idea, it would be like eat more, but eat better. (laughs) Eat whole foods, like eat apples and oranges and carrots and green beans and like really, really eat. I don't eat plant-based right now, but I am eating very whole and I am trying to listen to what my church calls the word of wisdom, which is to eat meat sparingly and to eat lots and lots of plants. And so that's been very, very helpful for me. I still totally eat meat though. And I don't know, sparingly, definitely left up to your discretion. So food, natural, like just to me, it's like if they didn't have, if my great, great, great grandma wouldn't know what it is, I probably shouldn't need it. So, okay. The next one is the breath. Oh, you guys, I have so much I could say about the breath. We're going to do a whole podcast about breathing, but, but what I want to tell you about breath is that when you restrict the breath, it is a sign to your body of like life deteriorating, right? Like that your breath is your vital life force. And we're talking today about nourishing ourselves. So when we restrict the breath, when we hold our breath, eventually we die, right? That's the idea. So if we want to live longer, if we want to expand, if we want to continue growing and being in good health, we want to deepen and expand our breath. We want to make sure that we're breathing deep and open and long. The things that stop the breath for me have mostly been thoughts and beliefs. So when I don't like those, those affirmations I sent you, when I don't think those, I feel tight and restricted. Even think about when you cry, you know, your breath gets really short and it gets restricted. So to me, being in an expansive and open energy lengthens my breath. And when my breath is lengthened, it has the power to go in. This is so cool, you guys, but your breath rejuvenates every cell in your body. So like deep belly breathing, breathe on purpose. When you notice your breath is like shallow or short, take a big, deep inhale and like do 20 breaths, whatever breath work has been really useful for a lot of people. I have found just, just opening my breath as much as possible in day-to-day life. Like I don't need an actual practice of breathing. I mean, I I love that that too. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about breath work because I do it in yoga, but, but more than that, it's, it's all day. Like the mindfulness of like, how do I feel right now? Am I tight? Am I constricted? Am I shallow? Is my, my throat tied up, tightened up, or am I breathing deep and opening up and letting it expand me in all of these different areas? To me, that's really, really important for my body. Another one that's huge is not buffering. So I believe that our dopamine should be like a trickle of dopamine, not a giant burst of dopamine all the time. I feel like we have dopamine overload in our system and I think it's creating havoc in our bodies. So for me, like buffering, I it is so unhelpful. Buffering is when we aren't willing to feel our feelings. So then we go and we like, eat garbage, we gossip, we all the, you know, all those types of things that people do to avoid their feelings, alcohol, phones. That's like my big one as I go and I scroll. So those buffers, I think are restricting in my body. They're keeping energy stuck in my body, like negative emotions, instead of letting it be expressed through me and out of me so that it like moves through me. It's processed. Instead, it just harbors. And I think about like if everything is energy, which I totally believe it is, that you have like, let's say you have a thought and it creates a really negative, angry emotion in you. And that emotion gets stuck in your body because you never processed it. Instead, you just buffered it. And every time you buffered it, it just kind of like went a little deeper, a little deeper. And it's like, the thing about it is it kind of seeps and it grows. And then that energy is stuck in your body. So for me, like a really important thing for my body is processing my emotions, which sounds really hippie. And all it really means is, is not buffering them, like letting them happen, accepting them, honoring them and letting them move and flow through me. When we resist our emotions, that's when we have that energy stuck in us. This looks like allowing myself to grieve, allowing myself to feel sad if I need to feel sad, allowing myself to feel shame, allow like but but then not keeping it, right? Like, okay, like this emotion's here. I see you. I hear you. Do I want to keep you? And then making a new decision. Let's see. 
other body ones. I think we've went through everything with the body. So we're going to, oh, nope. You know what? I love this one. Cold water. The Huberman lab talks about all of the science of this, and we will probably do a podcast episode and go deeper into this. I know it's like super trendy right now, but honestly, is it trendy or is it like the way that things were supposed to be? If we didn't live in this like super abundant society like we do, we would be bathing in cold water. We would be exposed to cold water way more often than we are. When we sit in a house where there's warm water at our beck and call, we don't have to, we don't go through, we don't go into cold water, right? And so, but I think that naturally the way the earth was designed, we were meant to be um, exposed to cold water. Cold water exposure causes a significant release of, it's called epinephrine. I think that's how you say it. It's AKA adrenaline and non-epinephrine, AKA non-adrenaline in the brain and body. So these neurochemicals, they make us feel alert, but they also can make us feel agitated. And if it's like, as if we need to move or vocalize during cold exposure, Cold causes levels to stay elevated for some time, and then their ongoing effect from the exposure is increases our energy and our focus. So that's really cool, and it can be applied to other mental and physical things. The, but the thing that I love the most about cold water therapy or like exposure is that when you force yourself to embrace the cold and you think of it as like a meaningful challenge or a stressor, you kind of put yourself into stress you end up creating resilience and grit. You show your brain what you can do. You show your body what it can handle. So here's the thing. In our society, we're very abundant and we don't have to be uncomfortable hardly ever. And I think it's a problem (laughs) because I think then when discomfort does come that is out of our control, we don't feel like we can handle it. We don't have evidence that shows that we are capable of, of handling that much stress. So like they actually say like stress isn't good for your body, but also it is good for your body. Like little amounts of stress, like think of a bar, a weight bar with your weights. Like you want a little bit of stress on that bar because that's going to make you stronger and more resilient to be able to hold more weight. So what happens is if we never put weight on the bar, if we never have anything uncomfortable and then all of a sudden something terrible happens and we have all this stress, we aren't able to handle it and we have breakdowns. So for me, I found it very, very, very useful to put myself in challenging situations on purpose. Um, cold exposure is really great, I think, for training your mind, training the animal. Dopamine is powerful molecule that elevates your mood and enhances your focus and attention. And it's very like goal-driven behaviors. And it's been shown that short bouts of cold exposure can cause like a lasting increase of dopamine. It's like sustained dopamine. It's not like a huge spike. It's like this lasting increase of sustained mood, energy, and focus. So that's really cool. I love that. I'm all about it. I'm like, let's jump in this cold water. It feels so good. It's so rejuvenating. All right. So these are some of the things I do for my body. I'm wondering if I forgot anything, but I don't think so. I also wrote just spend time in nature. We've talked about that already, but definitely nature. So good for me. Okay. The last aspect, mind, body, spirit. We're going to talk about spirit. This one I think for sure is the most neglected. It is for sure the one that is most not talked about. And when it is talked about, it's typically in a religious setting, which I think turns some people off. Not me. I'm very religious, but like, but it turns people off because there's lots of shoulds and they feel lots of pressure and they feel lots of shame if they're not doing these things. And so I'm going to introduce this idea of spiritual nourishment in maybe a different way than you've heard it before. So if in our mind and our body, if we aren't nourished, it looks like malnutrition, right? And malnutrition produces a lot of symptoms, like things like reduced mental functions, digestive disorders, loss of physical strength, and an impairment of vision. So good nutrition is really, really important, especially for children, you guys whose their little growing bodies are easily impaired if they lack the nutrients necessary for normal growth. Well, our spirits obviously also require nourishment. And just as there's food for the body, there's food for our spirit. This, the consequences of spiritual malnutrition are just as much of an issue for our spiritual lives as physical malnutrition is for our physical bodies. The symptoms of malnutrition spiritually are really similar to those of physical malnutrition. They include things like the reduced ability to digest spiritual food, right? Like unable to digest the scriptures, 
reduced spiritual strength and an impairment of spiritual vision. I, I picked this idea up from President Dallin H. Oaks, who, who spoke about spiritual nourishment. I found, I'll link that down below. But he talks about this malnutrition of the spirit. So I think of the scriptures from Jesus. I love Jesus, you guys. I just love to quote Jesus. Jesus knew what the heck he was talking about. I'll tell you what. But he says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So we're talking about life-giving things, right? The things that give us life. And he says, the water which I, whosoever drink the water that I shall give him, they will have everlasting life. So to nourish our spirits, oh, I just love this so much. To nourish our spirits, just like we're nourishing our bodies, gives us life on earth. Nourishing our spirits gives us everlasting life. Oh, that is what we want, right? This is so cool. So blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, so they should be filled. So hunger after nourishment, spiritual nourishment, and you will be filled. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. You want to be spiritually nourished? You need to come unto Jesus. This is how we do it. James E. Faust said, this. He said, the savior told us, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. He says, we need to keep our minds and bodies clean from all forms of addiction and pollution. We would never choose to eat spoiled or contaminated food. In the same selective way, we should be careful not to read or view anything that is not in good taste. Much of the spiritual pollution comes into our lives comes through the internet, computer games, television shows, movies that are highly suggested or graphically portray humanity's baser attributes. Because we live in such an environment, we need to increase our spiritual strength. So what are some ways that we can nourish ourselves spiritually? I'm going to tell you guys what I have done and what I continue to do, and it's how I feel like I nourish myself. And you guys can take what ones fit for you. So the first one is reading God's word. And for me, I find God's word all over. I find it in the scriptures. I love reading the scriptures. I love learning from people who have read the scriptures. I love learning from other religions that have sought out truth. And I feel that I have the gift of discernment. So I'm able to know truth from error. And so for me, reading God's word and reading truth has been huge spiritual nourishment for me. Another one is serving others. This one is like soul life-giving. You guys know when you serve somebody and it's not because you should, and it's not because it's the right thing to do, but it's because you truly desire to, it feels good. It fills you up. It is like eating a delicious meal. Serving others, helping others is a huge form of nourishment for me. Another one is to connect with God regularly. For me, this happens through meditation. This happens through being in nature and connecting. It happens through articulating my thoughts and learning more about God, recognizing his patterns in nature and in this universe that we live in. Another one is to live the higher laws. To me, this is when they talk about coming to Jesus, right? Like he says, come to me and drink what I drink my water, eat my bread, right? Um, to me, that means live my laws. And these are higher laws and they're not easy to live. <laughs> but the more I do it, the more nourished I feel spiritually and the more stable and strong my foundation, the more my yoke is easy and my burden is light because of because of Christ. And so to me, that looks like living his higher laws. That looks like turning the other cheek, being a peacemaker. It looks like going the extra mile like he talks about, right? He says, if somebody wants you to carry their burden, carry it too. Carry it two miles instead. So going the extra mile, even when it doesn't seem fair, descending below so that he can raise me up and lift me up. I, I think that he asks us to be humble, to say, you know what? I don't deserve this, but I'm going to take the heat for it anyways. And I think that there's a lot to living like that. It looks like not living with contention. This one's hard. <laughs> this one's so hard in family units, but that's why, why we have repentance and the atonement, but, but trying to live without contention and without fighting, being willing to see other people's perspectives, peacemaking, long suffering, having charity, 
which is seeing people as they're meant to be and who they're going to be rather than who they are right now. These higher laws have given me as I've began, just surface level began to live them. They've rooted me in such a solid foundation that I'm eternally, eternally, eternally grateful for. One of another higher law that I always think is take no thought of them are like, just be present. He says, the father knows your needs. Like, so if you can just have faith, that's a huge, huge spiritual nourishment is to be in the energy of faith. In fact, it says their faith can be strengthened by following their intuitive judgment and the purest and noblest feelings of their soul. So having faith enough to follow your intuitive judgment, that was from a talk by James E. Faust. He said, having the faith to follow your intuitive judgment and the noblest and purest feelings of your soul is spiritual nourishment. Having faith and believing, submitting your will to God's, having faith so much that you're willing to lay down your own will and, and take on God's will to me is spiritual nourishment. Easier said than done, but again, so, so good for you. I love the idea, and it helps me a ton, is to embody the energy of God. I think, what does God feel like to me? To me, God is very expansive. He's very open. He's very charitable. He's very grounded, but he's also like can do the impossible. And so for me, opening up myself to that energy and trying to embody it and be it rather than just see it in him, but be expansive, be charitable, be open, right? Like those energies are life-giving and and like everlasting life-giving to me. Another one that we have a whole podcast episode, you guys, I have a whole one ready on this one, but it's taking upon me the, the mind of Christ. Often I think spiritual nourishment for me is to not ask what I would do or even what Christ would do, but what would Christ think in this situation? And that's been really useful for me to, to think, what would he think? Would he think... Oh, this person's so annoying. Or would he think like, oh, I suck so bad. I'll never be able to do this. Like, no, he wouldn't think that. And so those thoughts are not spiritually nourishing and they're not going to nourish my spirit. This has helped me is to remember my divine worth and to sink into that divine makeup, like to really acknowledge, like I was made from a God in his image and when I accept and honor that, I notice I have so much more power in my life and, and it continues to grow. A big thing for me is listening to the spirit has been a huge spiritual nourishment. The more I do it, the better I feel. The more strong I feel, the more I can see with his vision. Like he said, we, I'm not now malnutrition or mal, it's not the right word. I'm not impaired of spiritual vision. I have spiritual strength. I am able to digest spirituality. I'm able to see things that other people can't see. I want to invite you and challenge you to think of what spiritually nourishes you. And don't just give me textbook answers. Don't just say, like, if I like pray or like I read my scriptures, but like, I really want you to think what is spiritually nourishing to you? When I just thought of this and I thought that question to myself, I thought something that's very nourishing to my spirit is taking part in like sacred symbolic ceremonies such as in the temple or through the sacrament. I I love this idea of renewal and I think that these symbols and these ideas are a gift to help us remember to nourish ourselves spiritually. So for me, there's power in that. You guys, we have gone over so much spiritual nourishment, physical nourishment. I could talk for five hours on all of these topics and we're going to, not today, but we're going to, we're going to deep dive into what these things look like in everyday life. But today, I want you to pick one area you want to nourish in each of those areas of your life. One mind, one body, one spirit. No, I don't want you to have a notebook with check marks. And today I'm going to do and do all of this stuff. I just want you to listen to your body. I know that every day it's going to look different for you. And it's not something you can like plan. (laughs) Just like nourishing a child, the day changes. And some of the things you'll do are going to change. And new ideas are going to come to you. New ways of doing things are going to come to you. But when you nourish yourself... You are going to feel well. You are going to grow. You are going to feel healthy and you are going to want to nourish others. And I know that so many of you guys are moms and grandmas that are listening to this and 
Those kids need you to do this work. They need you to nourish yourself so you can pour into them so that you're not doing it from this frantic, stressed out space, but you're doing it from a really grounded, loving, desire to nourish them space. We were made to nurture and nourish souls. It's something that I believe is a spiritual gift for women that we were made to nourish souls. And I think one of um, societies and the adversary's most cunning tricks is to make you think that your nourishment doesn't matter. Don't fall for it. Nourish the crap out of yourself. And I think that nourishing others will just come organically and naturally. It won't be something you have to plan and really think about and try to do. It'll be just who you are. You are a nourisher. You're a nourisher of your own soul. And so nourishing others will just, it'll just be an organic like byproduct of who you are. And it will feel like a really organic, peaceful flow. And that is what I want to help you guys get to and myself get to and just continue to, to bask in. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, if this episode served you, if you feel like it helped you out, will you screenshot it, send it to a friend? If you love it, will you go and leave a review on Apple or on Google Store? And if you love it, will you share it with everyone you know? (laughs) This is my favorite. I just love you guys. Thank you so much for listening in. We'll see you next time.